gentlemen, to this week's episode of Too Legit to Crit, a show on the internet where two idiots talk about something that really they don't have much of a clue about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My name is John Santana. And I'm Justin. Still. You're not still, just. I was yeah, going to say still. you didn't add yeah. the still. I, I that was, was becoming... I was pausing for dramatic effect, John. I was going to say, man, you had me worried. This was becoming part of your... This was becoming part of your brand. It's going to be a catchphrase. Still. Although although I am waiting for the day where you just go, I am no longer Justin. Yeah, yeah that, that's, the I whole, am... that's the whole thing. Like, I haven't, I haven't told anyone. I'm actually in the process of changing my name. Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, and one day you're going to go, and I am Necro. <laughs> and I'm Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I see you as a Steve, though. No, I'm not a Steve. I, I wouldn't. I couldn't, no, I couldn't be a Steve. I don't suit suit the name. Now maybe a Ralph. No. 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 I think Ralph could work though. No. No. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll workshop that. We'll workshop it. We'll figure someone out. We'll figure something. We'll out. figure something out. All right. So how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm really good. Uh, I've been I've been working lots. Um, I've been scouring my house for my Dremel because I can't find it um, which is loads of fun when you've got a project that you're halfway through and you really need your Dremel to do the next part but you can't find it it's great fun um, which I will be posting some pictures of into the Facebook and the Instagram and stuff uh, probably in a couple of, uh, maybe tomorrow I'll post them um, but other than that just just working lots and, and relaxing what about how about yourself I know you had a very stressful build up to a very fun weekend yeah I've been busy (laughs) (laughs) I've been busy to say the least and I am still kind of recovering from it understandable it was was a wildly successful weekend uh, by all accounts Um, fantastic news it was um, four sessions, four tables per session. Every table was filled. People were coming from, I think, quite far away as well, mm. um, which is always good to see because it's always kind of good to 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 sort of expand the horizons. Um, the organizer, Derek, props to him. He did a fantastic job of getting everything together. Lee from Gamers Nexus in Hadley an amazing job of of hosting the event and it was just a ton of fun every table that you kind of overheard it was all enjoyment it was all pure sort of unadulterated fun and that goes for my table as well awesome news awesome news glad it went well it went fantastic um especially i mean I tried doing something that people kind of recommended against. Did you kill everyone again? No, I did not. <laughs> I, I killed. I did no such thing. Um, almost the, the advent. The adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Two people left. Um, it was great. <laughs> I may have emotionally scarred a couple of people, but that's just the the perils of knowing me. It's true. That is true. I I decided to run an adventure, um, a standalone adventure published by Paizo called Malevolence. Um, the standalone adventures 
are designed to be run over the course of maybe five, six sessions. Yep. So my goal was to run it over the course of four. Ah. So obviously that means certain corners were cut, certain things were yep. done, and certain mechanics were redesigned slightly to yep. to make things a bit more expedient. Yeah, of course, yeah. And also my players were aware of this, so they were they had enough trust in their GM to know when to kind of move and like breeze over things. Yeah. And it was a fantastic adventure. So it all turned out really, really well. The adventure itself is I'd highly recommend anyone to play it. Mm-hmm. Very cosmic horror-y, which yeah, that, that's been your kick at the minute. It has, it has, <laughs> and it didn't disappoint. Awesome. So there were mechanics involved that didn't quite replicate the the insanity mechanics of stuff like Call of Cthulhu and, and Delta Green, mm. but it had a Pathfinder equivalent, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, um, and it also had like a list of visions that the players could have oh I like that I like, left I like up to me like yeah. yeah left up to me when to drop them <laughs> and some of the visions were, went from puzzling to horrifying <laughs> so yeah oh. all in all it was a fantastic weekend and I've just kind of semi recovered from it <laughs> and now I'm planning the next get together which is in two weeks time so, so more more busyness. Is what I'm more busyness. Um, I don't plan to be running in this one. So, I love that I don't plan to. Knowing for a while you'll probably end up. <laughs> if there is a an, a sudden uptake of people wanting to come and play at the lodge, then one hundred percent I will <laughs> dust off a scenario and and happily run it. So we'll just have to kind of see how it goes. I'll, I'll, I'm going to prep something just as a just-in-case. Just in yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was a really, really great weekend. And there will be more happening. That's so awesome. stay tuned. Yeah, well, sounds, sounds like everyone had a great time. And I'm, I'm glad that it was uh, it was well-received. That's, that's always nice when you put in a lot of hard work and it, it goes over well. Yeah, I think that's the kind of takeaway I I got from it as well. Plus, it was a bit of a homecoming for me because I haven't played in person for about seven months. (laughs) Just just a little while then. (laughs) Just a tiny bit. Just just a minute. It's been a hot minute. (sighs) And that's just purely been down to circumstance. Um, You know parental responsibilities mm-hmm. and, and things like that which take priority so oh, course, I just yeah. haven't had the availability so it was good to actually get back into in into the store in person it was good to roll physical dice it was good to see the terror in my players eyes yeah which I don't get to see over discord no you so. don't you don't it, it, mm, I feel like it's an, you're you're it's an element you're missing it's an element you're missing it is, it is, you know. Um, at my age, it is hard to get an erection. So. <laughs> oh, God, and I can't even edit that out because you do the editing. <laughs> oh, that is 100% staying in. I know! 
I mean, I put I put a, a, like a mature warning on this for a reason. <laughs> That's not because of you. Oh, I'm well aware it's not because of me. I'm well aware of that fact. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly before things get really out of hand. Uh, let's do some news, shall we? I think we should. I think we I think should. That'd be a good and... idea. I think the new, it is important to say that the news this week has been brought to us courtesy of yourself. Yes, I did the research you, this week. You have done the research. And very weird. Very good research you have done. Oh, thank you. Because you've, you've found some really good stories. So, the first one, this kind of cropped up on my Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I didn't really pay it much attention until you kind of like brought it to the forefront. (laughs) So apparently, and this is way before our time, um, just a year after D&D was released, another system, which some people consider to be the second major tabletop RPG, was released, and it is called Tunnels and Trolls. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was released in 1975 by publisher Flying Buffalo. It's a brilliant name for a company. I love it. Flying Buffalo, I do like it's, that. It's top tier. It's a top tier name. <laughs> so the game was created by a gentleman called Ken St. Andre after reading the rules to D&D and finding them a little too complex. Which I think we can all agree with. At times it can be. It can be, and especially back in the, yeah, those days. Definitely back I think in the day, yeah. Things have been streamlined considerably. So he wrote his own set of rules for fantasy role-playing, specifically designed to be easier to pick up. And it, you know, it it provided things that D&D at the time didn't, like Mm -hmm. lone player approach uh, as a solo RPG uh, via a series of spin-off game books. Mm -hmm. Um... And they did that like before the emergency, uh, the emergence of choose your own adventure books sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, it was quite pioneering at the time. And so now it is actually being brought back. Yes. Yeah, it's been brought back by the British publishing house and video game developer behind the cult comic 2000 AD Rebellion. So that is something I'm very interesting interested to kind of see see what that brings. Yeah. You know, there is a chance it, it you know, it might just be another system, but there's a chance it could be something quite big. Mm-hmm. It so, definitely has yeah, potential, yeah. Yeah, it definitely has uh Yeah, it's it's garnered my interest to say the least. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna be kind of keeping keeping up with that but the uh, rebellion have, have also confirmed that the existing pds for flying buffalo games will remain available yes with the studio handling future releases in the series yeah they haven't announced a release date yet but as soon as we know something so will you yep and um, honestly i think that's that's the the bit for me that i was really really happy to see is that they're not going to be like uh you know they, they've not like acquired this this you know system and then gone right everything that existed before can do one we're starting again like they're, they're still saying like now everything that exists is, is still going to be available we're not getting rid of it um that i think is really cool and it's a really nice touch from them i think 
Yeah, so that is that is really good. Um, so over to you. Yeah, so it looks like following the success of the D and D film up on the big silver screen. Success. Success. Ding. Um, it's. I mean, <laughs> apparently it's a good film, but man, that. I yeah. I have still not seen it. Um, which, no, I haven't. Considering out of the two of us, I Mr. D&D is quite surprising. But then again, I yeah. haven't been to the cinema since I think it was probably Endgame. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't see it, but that was more for reasons. Yeah, well, um, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. According to reviews, it is a phenomenal movie. Yes, I have heard nothing but good things. Um, and just... following that what they have decided to do is to launch their own channel so it's going to be a 24 hour channel running all sorts of programming uh, they're going to be running the original comic uh, comic cartoon even the animated series from the 1980s which is going to be cool to see back um, and we, we can see how, how dated that's become <laughs> I, I've seen it recently I have comments <laughs> You always have comments. <laughs> um, but they're also going to be uh, including a lot of um, like actual play campaigns um, and, and other podcasts. Not not this one, unfortunately. Um, we'll be also getting uh, some, some slots on there as well. So it's going to be uh, really interesting to see whether it works or not. Um, for, for me, it's something that we we used to have in the video gaming world um i don't know if you remember back in the day we had things like uh, game game network um and stuff like that um i don't know if you ever watched those channels when when uh, when they were about in the early 2000s um, no but essentially it was it was this but for for video games right so they would have um like a half hour slot dedicated to legend of Mir 3 because or legend of Mir 2 or whatever the game was at the time right um, and it was really really good because it got me into a lot of games and stuff that I didn't normally I wouldn't have normally had the exposure to because they were like really niche small games um, and it'll be interesting to see how they use this platform for similar things with like the podcasts that are on there and they're going to have a lot of uh, independent creators it's not just going to be like stuff that they've created themselves which is going to be really cool this kind of caught me by surprise <laughs> You know, of all the things that I expected Wizards of the Coast to do, yep. this was the one that I kind of went, wait, what? <laughs> no, it's, honestly, I wouldn't have expected this. Mm. Um, in terms of success, I think... Uh, I think in general terms, it probably will be successful. Now, in terms of Wizards of the Coast Hasbro success... Mm. That is what remains to be seen. Yes. I think, you know, our measure of success is going to be completely different to theirs. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it will be... I think, it's, I think it will be re well received um, because it is catering to a niche. Yeah. It is catering to... Regardless of, of how this hobby has kind of prospered over the years and become more mainstream mm -hmm. it is still niche oh yeah absolutely and to be honest on a side note I think that is one of the problems that the movie saw mm. you know I think it would have fared 
far better in the box office had they have removed the name Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I would agree with that, yeah, because there, there are still yeah. a lot of people out there who look at D and D as uh, something nerdy and geeky, and they don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, it's still got a negative connotation, yeah. and I dare say dun- that the term Dungeons and Dragons more than the term tabletop role playing. Yeah, I would agree with you. Know, yeah, you know, just because you had, I mean, in the, in the states you had the Satanic Panic, and yeah. then it was always seen as the sort of the the peak of being the ultimate forever alone nerd was sitting around a table yeah. playing games with your friends which is counterintuitive but yeah of course it is but hey people, but people, don't, people don't bully from logic john yeah that is true um <laughs> so i so yeah i think for the movie to succeed it had to not only focus on a niche yes uh, whereas this it doesn't have that weight attached to it. No, it, it's got it's this got is, more time to have like a yeah. slow burn. I feel, which is is better. Yeah, and um, you know, this is we are doing this for this select group of people who yeah. are into this. Exactly, and uh, so yeah, I think I think it will succeed. Now, whether that success will be enough for Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, who you know have a thing about liking money. Um, as most we'll companies do that, that is kind of the thing for companies um, it is so we'll just have to see we'll have to see there is know. one show that they have announced however which I'm really looking forward to they've announced a cooking show called Heroes Feast which is going to uh, be a cooking show using the Heroes Feast cookbook that they've written for D&D to actually cook those dishes so the D&D dishes are going to be cooked in like a proper cooking TV show environment that's good i think that's gonna be really cool i i I mean i like that cookbook i don't have it personally but a a mutual friend of ours does have it well you say he has it it's actually on my bookshelf right now because he left it at mine (laughs) (laughs) so he doesn't have it anymore i've got it it's been here since christmas it's mine now yeah i mean i i do believe so i mean not even finders keepers law i don't think it was this christmas i think it was like christmas before <laughs> <laughs> so he hasn't been making many beholder dishes no no <laughs> so yeah i mean i think there are a lot of things that are tied into this hobby that can kind of feature on on that network i mean you know you i mean you, your first go-to is going to be actual plays yeah then you're going to have people who are far more talented than us doing yes a far course. better job of doing yeah. what we're doing yeah there's, there's a fair few of them out there there is a fair few of them out there but you know if, if any of them wants me to guest or you to guest on one of their shows i'll, happily, I'll take it happily but yeah, so it would be. It, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Um, you did say it was free. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did say it was free. You heard that correctly. Mm, so I may actually give that a watch then. It's free. You don't have to give Wizards any money, John. It's your favourite. None at all. None not at even all. a little bit. Not, not even a little bit. I may be convinced to watch it. <laughs> He'll give it a crack. I'll give it a crack. You can't argue with free. <laughs> and if I like it, I won't say a thing about it. That's how we'll know that. You'll, that yeah, that, that's it, guys. If if John watches it and he never says anything, it means he enjoyed it but doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> now, 
there is something and it may be quite irresponsible of me to say it on on the podcast uh. um i'm a a big fan of the the glass cannon network mm-hmm. um they do their own sort of network of, of different rpg mm-hmm. playthroughs and and this that, and the other and lately the the ceo of that network trailer valley he's been posting like just instagram content of oh today i'm going to do this or today i'm cooking my breakfast and all this shit yeah um but he posted one the other day and it was like i've just come from wherever he came from and i've just been recording a tv show and this was around the same time that this got announced and again maybe hugely irresponsible of me to even mention this but it my mind started going does that mean conspiracy theories does that mean <laughs> so you know if i mean if the glass cannon do actually have a presence then 100% i'm going to be fucking yeah. watching it's going to be very interesting so, to see. It is, it is. And, you know, I'm always going to be in favour of something that is going to grow the hobby. Yeah. Regardless of where that comes from. Mm. So, definitely a fan of that. Right, so let's talk about action movies. Yeah! Now, I am a sucker for a good action movie. I mean, they are amazing. The, I mean, the the I mean, mindless violence and just <laughs> I mean, it 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 doesn't even necessarily have to have a story. I just want to see awesome fucking sequences where people get either the shit beaten out of them or they do the shit beating. Or both. That may be something else I haven't been watching. Um <laughs> But yeah, I am I am a huge fan. Um so there is a new tabletop role playing game that takes inspiration from popular action film franchises such as John Wick and Die Hard. And the best, it's cropped the best up on... Christmas film ever. Uh I'm not gonna go into that because <laughs> yeah, it's a film set at Christmas, it's not a Christmas film. I mean it's got all the got all the parts. Anyway, <laughs> That's another episode. <laughs> that's, that's for when we do our movie podcast. <laughs> so it's called Outgunned. And in Outgunned, the players take the role of a team of heroes embroiling classic action movie scenarios wherein they must defeat a villain to save the day. It takes inspirations from the likes of the John Wick franchise, the Die Hard films, um, True Lies, James Bond. Mm-hmm. So basically, you play as a part of a group of underdogs who must fight against against the odds in order to save the world. Yeah. So it'll contain the the core rulebook will contain rules, players, and the game master needs to plan, run, and play the tabletop role playing game, including character options, equipment, enemies, and rules for running a campaign. When creating characters, players will need to choose from a selection of roles and tropes with options for additional traits and features being unlocked as they progress. All influenced by iconic movie characters. The Kickstarter is live until May the 25th with a pledge of 69 euros, 61 dollars, 
Um, it will get back as a physical copy of the core rulebook, a set of action dice, and digital versions of various supplements. So, thoughts? I am really, really excited for that. I, I also love an action film. Um, you know, it, it's that they have everything that, that you could want in a film. Gratuitous violence. Um, that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Gratuitous that's, yeah, violence. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> I was going to list things, then I realized I listed everything that's good about them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I like the fact that they're incorporating like tropes from the films into character creation. Um, because that's always like a really big part of action films, right? Is they all have like the there's always like some trope that they follow, and and I love that they're bringing that into the game as well. I really really think that's that's cool. Yeah, I think. Uh, my mind is kind of um, processing now how to kind of replicate um, an action movie. Because we all know the, you know, when combat starts in in these systems, a lot of times it everything kind of slows down, yeah. um, and the more tactical the system, the more that happens. So, I think it would have to be theater of the mind. Um, I think to a degree, yes and no, because um, just looking at, at sort of the brief outline of how the system works right so it's not rolling to beat target numbers like it is with most of the the d20 systems um that we're familiar with it's rolling um dice with specific symbols on it so i don't know if you've ever played um x-wing the the like tabletop strategy type game no i haven't no so the way that works is when you're attacking um and and maneuvering things like that you're rolling specific dice that have like um attack like symbols on and different symbols right so the the x-wing game is done with d8s uh but they have different symbols and you're trying to roll more uh like attack symbols than the enemy rolls evade symbols right so yeah. it's a lot of contested rolls so i don't think it necessarily will be because if it's something like um you're trying to like vault over this wall to to do a thing you're just rolling and you've got to try and get as many like successful uh yeah. symbols as possible to, to to get over right so I think you'd still be able to do it very, very fast-paced because it's going to be a, a... You're doing this, and then you that prompts the roll. And it, it's... So I think you would still be able to do it on the table because you would move your character, and as your character gets to the wall, you do the roll, um, and then you would you know, either hop the wall with your with your mini or whatever. So I think you would still be able to do it with battle maps. Um, but I think it's one that, that could work either way really, really easily. You know, I mean, I think something like the initiative of Delta Green would kind of work. Um, yes, work in this system because where it is literally one action yeah so you're just kind of keeping the momentum going of right what are you doing right i'm drawing my weapon right yeah, what cool. are you doing yeah, i'm yeah. doing this and you're just going through exactly and like people that. have the option to kind of um sacrifice their turn in the order to do something sooner or or afterwards so yeah, you know that, um, yeah. i'm gonna roll to hit you well i want to try dodge it you lose your turn that or Sorry, that is your turn for the round. Yeah. But then it just carries on moving. So I think that would be a big part of it. Yeah, I think and so, yeah. if I were to be designing this, I would probably have some way of rewarding player imagination. Yes. So when a player goes, I want to do this, and it's just completely batshit, 
<laughs> out of the ordinary but rule of cool you just kind of go there you go just give yourself an extra dice to roll yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it and how it works but um yeah i'm really looking forward to it. i'm definitely going to give that a play i think yeah it's one of these ones that that we definitely have to try out mm -hmm. yeah for sure let's add it to the list we'll add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> um and speaking of new tabletop role-playing games uh and kind of on topic from last week's conversation of adapting tabletop games to video games this one's going the other way so it's adapting a video game to a tabletop role-playing game and it's basically it, so it's a game called uh will defeat or will defeat depending on whether you want to pronounce it with a v or a w based on where in the world you are um, i want to call it wilder feast i mean both work i guess what a wilder feast See, where you have for, to for eat me, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> for me, I would call it uh, Wildefeast because then it's like Wildebeest, which is an animal in South Africa where I'm from. Hmm. So that's that's what I'm going with for the pronunciation. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get corrected if we're wrong. Um, that's that's one of the great things about the internet. Um, but it is a what? monster you mean, hunter. You mean people don't like it when things are wrong? Right? People don't like really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it out the hard way. <laughs> but this is going to be a Monster Hunter tabletop role-playing game. Uh, so Monster Hunter, obviously a very, very successful, very, very popular video game. Um, and this is going to be a really cool concept because it's not just about the traveling the world and the, the combat elements. A big part of it is the cooking element, right? So you're going out and you're exploring the world and you're hunting creatures that you then cook. And the way you cook them and the, the different meals you prepare give you different bonuses and temporary effects for the next hunt. Okay. Um, so, you know, you can go out and hunt like a, a little creature that maybe gives you a resistance to a specific, like, you know, a specific poison or something like that because the big monster you're going to go hunt deals a lot of its damage in that poison and things like that. So it becomes like a whole strategic element to it because you can go on these smaller hunts to prepare for a big hunt that then makes you make the big feast um, and stuff like that which is I think really really cool I do like unique takes on things mm. um, I do like it you know like the other the other week when we were discussing that post apocalyptic family like road trip yeah. RPG. This is kind of I kind of see this in the same light of yeah, we're we're going down, we're hunting monsters, but <laughs> we are we are chefs, we are cooks, we are hunter yeah. chefs and all this. And I do like the concept. Although you just know that some prick is gonna create his version of Gordon Ramsay and call everybody a fucking donkey for four Absolutely. Hours. Absolutely. There is however, That person will probably be me. Or me. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be both of us. Um, but one of the things I really like about it, right, is obviously, it, so in this, it, it's humans versus monsters, right? That's the whole concept of it in the combat element. Now, obviously, monsters, for the most part, are much bigger and much stronger than humans. That's the whole reason they're monsters. Otherwise, they're just creatures. So what they've done to kind of replicate that in the system is humans use D8s and monsters will D20s. I like that. So there's actually an off balance between the, the humans and the monsters to in the combat elements and that as well, which I think is going to be quite cool. I do like that concept. That is fun. 
That is just the pew 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 versus the bang. Exactly. Yeah, um, I yeah I do like that. Yeah, so their core rulebook is uh, going to have guidance for creating characters um, using six starting tools, each with unique traits, uh, eight class-like specialties, uh, along with the tutorial scenario, which is going to be really good because that's one of the things I've always found with games is when you've got new players and you sit down to play that first game, you get them to build their characters. You've either got to kind of create your own little one-off encounter or a little easy mode uh, quest to kind of get them used to the gameplay and stuff. This has it built into the core rulebook, which is quite cool. Yeah, there's a lot of systems coming out doing that now, yeah. and I think it is a great fucking it way really to, to introduce players to, to new systems. Uh, and the core rulebook will also include the B-Series containing 32 different monsters um, and detail of the whole land. Um, so... And it's all inspired by the geography and climate of Southern California. So this is all going to be set in Southern California, essentially. Nice. <laughs> uh, which is going to be awesome. Um, so this is going to be published by Horrible Guild uh, and also launching on Kickstarter later this year. And uh, release date not yet announced, but as always, as soon as it is, we'll let you know. Fantastic. That is is definitely... Something to look out for. Yeah, going on the list. I'll let this list is getting ridiculous. This list is massive. This list is huge. Um, speaking of um, like releases and and Mm -hmm. all that, something I did want to run by you, the Lord of the Rings. If I'm not, if I remember correctly, the Lord of the Rings, um, RPG is out. Oh. Um, it's now available on Drive Through RPG. Interesting. So I wanted to offer you a proposition. Okay. Right. You are... I like how you're doing this when we're recording so you can hold me to my word. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I didn't mention it in the (laughs) warm-up. Yeah, you didn't. You snuck this one in. I did indeed. (laughs) Um, Obviously, out of the two of us, it's no secret that you are the 5e person. Yes, yeah. I am not the 5e person. Yeah. So what I was... What I was thinking is we run two games. Mm-hmm. You run a small adventure with me as a player, obviously. Obviously. Um, with the Lord of the Rings RPG. Okay. I, on the other hand, run an adventure with you as a player using the One Ring rules. Ah, I see where this is going. So, and then we just compare... Compare not necessarily to see which is better. I'm not uh, interested just, in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, just to see yeah, how the yeah. different mechanics create a different experience. I like that. Yeah, I thought that the other yeah. day. It's like, that would be a really cool little experiment. Yeah, I, I'd be down for that. I'd absolutely be down for that. I think that would be a really fun uh, little bit of interestingness. Yeah, and, you know, I'd be, you know, uh, we could try out your, your tabletop. Yes. I'd, I know you're not going to want to do it online, so... No, yeah, we, we, I'm, we can come sit at my lovely table. Yeah, I'm not even going to propose that. <laughs> so, yes, I will... You know, so if they've got, like, individual start scenarios, we could run that. If not, mm-hmm. we'll just run something quick and easy. Yeah. And just to kind of gauge how the different mechanics affect the game experience, and I think yeah. that's... I, I think it's a... Fun. It is the perfect... Um, product to try it on yeah 
because they are essentially the same same thing thing. yeah Yeah. no i think absolutely yeah because it's really it's so hard to normally compare two different systems right because they're trying to not necessarily achieve the same thing whereas here that is obviously what they're trying to do because they've essentially ported one system to a different system um yeah so yeah i think yeah i think you're right it'll be really really interesting to see how the the two compare and, and contrast so those two systems have now gone to the top of our list. They have gone to the top of the list. All right. So I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you're on board. And <laughs> we shall update people with how it went. That would have been a really short segment if I just went, no. <laughs> no, no, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck those hobbitses. <laughs> Fucking hobbitses. <laughs> right. Okay, so we during the news we did kind of mention a couple of the stories which involved uh, Kickstarter campaigns. Indeed we did. So we thought it would be quite interesting for us to maybe share our thoughts and (laughs) and and you know, possibly highlight the the pros and cons of Kickstarter. And not necessarily Kickstarter, but things along those lines. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on it? So I, I, I'm in two minds. I I love Kickstarter as a way of, of, you know, kind of funding projects that, like, the smaller publishers might not be able to get done otherwise, right? I think it's a great tool for that. Um, because if you've got a publisher who has a, a system that is it has a really cool group of players and they want new content for it but the publisher just can't afford to publish it it's a great way to get that out because then you know one you, you know that there's people that are going to play it and buy it and purchase it when it's out because they've put money into it already um, and it's just a really helpful tool in general because it means you're not putting out it, it minimizes the risk from the publisher's side of things right hmm. however the other side of that coin is for unknown publishers it can be or unknown publishers in air quotes it can be a method to put out a really cool concept that gets people really excited uh, and never deliver yeah um so yeah i think it's it, it's a double-sided coin and i think it's it's something you need to be really wary of if you're ever putting your money into a kickstarter um yeah yeah <laughs> I agree. I do agree. I do, you know, I think there is a place for it. Yeah. Um, it is something that publishers and companies sometimes need, not necessarily for the financial aspect, mm. but to use as a metric. Yeah. In, in, in the, the sense of, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to kind of see if this is going to work. Yeah. Before we decide to sink time and money and resources into this project, it's a bit like a focus group. Yeah, and that that is kind of the way I see it in yeah. a lot of in a lot of um, senses. I have a rule of mm-hmm. I don't kickstart things that I'm not going to be wanting to buy upon release. Yeah, I don't see some publisher coming out and kind of going oh this is you know this is what we wanting to do this is our idea here are concepts here are blah 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 mm-hmm. give us money that i don't buy into yeah 
I, in that case, I'm more cautious where I don't mind paying the premium. I don't mind waiting up on until release. Yeah. Until the reviews are in. Yes. To then go, you know what? I'm going to spend money on that. Mm-hmm. However, there are some things that come out from, from certain companies that put their projects on Kickstarter. And the way I see it is... I'll be buying this anyway. Yeah. Regardless. The moment it's released, I'm <laughs> going to be buying this. So I may as well get in early and get a discount or get a, a benefit or, or yeah, yeah, get a look. Case in point, Cypher. Yes. Cypher um, recently just done a backer kit for kind of, I think, promoting their, their core system as opposed to the settings that they've got. Yeah. And, you know, with it, you know, you've obviously got your stretch goals, etc., etc. Yeah, of course, yeah. I was going to buy Cypher anyway. You know, I was going to invest in this system. Mm-hmm. I've already got the core rulebook, but I was going to buy more. Yeah. So when the backer kit came out, it's like, okay, fair enough. This makes sure. sense for me to... <laughs> you know, it's going to cost... I've paid 60 quid. Yeah. On it, and I'm getting, I think, the initial sort of um, offering plus about six stretch goals involved with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm getting a bargain. Yeah. And it's a bargain that works for me. Um, the other day we discussed Dreams and Machines from Modifius. Yes. Um, the Kickstarter hasn't gone live yet, but I have I've signed up to be informed when it does, because chances are when that comes out, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So I may as well get it now. <clears throat> but there is the the downside that the product isn't any good. Yes. So there is it is a bit of a leap of faith, and I do see it quite akin to pre-orders on video games. Yeah, which is something I never do for that very reason. Um, I mean, case in point for, for pre-orders being not a great idea on video games was uh, was the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, like that that was like the most hyped game I think of of, uh, of I think it was last year or the year before when it came out. Um, you know, everyone was like super hyped for it. You know, they had like Keanu Reeves do the the announcement at E three, and everyone was like super super stoked on it everyone pre-ordered it I didn't because I was like nope not risking it and I'm so glad I didn't because it came out and it had so many issues <laughs> yeah and, and you know I think they've been still not fixed <laughs> I may be wrong because I don't really keep up with um, video game news but apparently the, the that Harry Potter one that came out <laughs> I think yeah. that's been marred with problems as well it had, and, it had a few issues yeah. and <laughs> You know, I think people gave it an, an initial, like, really positive review, yeah. but after actually playing the game, they've kind of gone, uh, Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, there, yeah, there was a so, lot of that, yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I think that is a risk, and it is a leap of faith. And the ones that I've I've showed interest in, um, and I will probably kickstart, is the, the Modifius dreams and machines mm-hmm. the abomination vaults video game yes and i think there was one oh, other really 
There was one other that I put in to to get notified. Can't for the life of me remember what it was. Um, but it, I'm sure I will be told by via an email at some point. Yeah, very very, very soon, I'm sure. And then I'll then I'll still I'll still be able to make the decision of do I still yeah. want this? Do I not? I think so as well. I, it's it's looking at the you know how much you're putting in versus the rewards you're getting because I, I know there was one that we looked at the other day and I'm not going to mention any any names for obvious reasons but there was one that we looked at the other day where I the math didn't really add up um, I, don't, I don't know if you recall <laughs> that one I remember um, you I remember yeah, you pointing out floor after floor yeah. after floor <laughs> <laughs> well because it was, it, was, it was okay so it was something that we were looking at for a new story for the podcast and then I, I went down to the kickstarter I clicked on the link I looked at it and it was just like ah oh, there were so many issues with the math um because it was like that they were basically saying that if you put in x amount of money right we'll give you x amount of rewards but if you added it up you weren't actually getting any benefit because they were saying like oh if you do it through the kickstarter now you'll get it at this price but then if you look at the costs on release that they were quoting in the same kickstarter you get it at the same price yeah that was the one <laughs> that was the one that we, we read the article and went is this ah. is this it is this a paid advertisement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally, it read that way. It really did. It, it genuinely felt like we were reading, like, you know, like those Raid Shadow Legends uh, <laughs> things at the start of YouTube videos. Like, this video is sponsored, but like those ones where like they're blatantly reading a script and it's like, no, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> and there was no disclaimer on it to no, say it was none. a paid advertisement. It's like, this is, I the the journalist that, that wrote it, he's got something to do with it. <laughs> He's, he's probably Absolutely. the creator. It's going to offer a dynamic this and yeah. a dynamic that, and all these things really aggrandizing it. It, it, it was like he'd like copied and pasted the blurb off the back of their marketing pack. <laughs> it was like, yeah, this is the story. Here's the link to the Kickstarter. That'll, that'll do. He had a deadline coming up. He was like, yeah, fuck it. Just copy and paste. That'll work. Woke up hungover <laughs> and just went, oh, for fuck's sake, I need to write an up. Let's click. That one. <laughs> that'll do. It's news. Sure, it, it's new information. Therefore, it is news. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that that's that's kind of my my advice for looking at Kickstarter is is make sure that the the rewards actually outweigh the cost that you're putting down. Um, because if if like you're paying like 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 you just said right for for the one that you've put in, you said like yeah sixty quid right? Fuck, I can't yeah. speak. So you put down sixty quid, and you're getting way more than sixty quid's worth of rewards. So it's worth it. But if you put down sixty quid, and you're only getting forty quid's worth of rewards, you might as well wait for release. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's. I think that's it. I think, you know, we've all got that friend who kickstarts everything. Yeah. You know, we've all got that that friend who. Well, who oh, I've got a kickstart for this. I've got a kickstart for that. I've got a kickstart for the other. And don't get me wrong, when the things finally arrive. They've and they're showing off their shit. Shelf, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, should have done it. Yeah, should have done it. But at the same time, I think the amount of times that they've probably kickstarted something and, and it hasn't quite yeah. panned out. Yeah. You know, it is well, it is a leap of faith. You are investing. I mean, case in point on a on a Kickstarter that did similarly to that again. I'm not going to mention any names, but there was one uh, recently that they they hit their goal for their Kickstarter, and then instead of releasing all the information told everyone they had to donate 50% of their pledge to actually get the product again really yeah yeah ah. 
Um, and that that was to me. I read that and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so like people had pledged like I think like the highest pledge that they had on the thing without doing like custom custom pledges or whatever. Like the highest one that they had listed was like yeah. uh, I think it was like a hundred and twenty dollars or something, hundred and twenty nine dollars. So. So if you'd made that pledge and then you actually wanted the stuff that they'd offered you for that pledge, you had to put in like another sixty dollars. That's insanity. Yeah, and and they did that across the board. Like, so if you'd put in like a sixty dollar pledge, you had to put in an extra thirty. So your sixty dollars that you're like, oh yeah, the sixty dollars, eh, that's worth it. I'm, with what I'm getting, was now a ninety dollar pledge. But you're not getting the ninety dollar pledges worth of stuff. You're still getting your sixty dollars worth. That's madness. Yeah, and that that to me is something that I've always been really wary of with Kickstarter. Is at any point they could just go, "Oh, actually, we we miscalculated. We can't do it for that much money. We need more money." I mean, there's also the the sort of downside, for want of another word, mm-hmm. um, where you've got anyone, yeah, anyone who comes up with any concepts and yeah. you know we'll keep it in the realm of tabletop role playing games because that is what we do that's what we yeah. talk about where they kind of go most, okay most of this is yeah most of the time <laughs> this is what I want to do this is what I want to create and I'm going to put out a kickstarter mm-hmm. now for me that is trying to accomplish something without sacrifice yeah you know and nothing in this life that's worth anything comes easy so surely if someone has a strong belief in in the product that they eventually want to bring out some of that has to come from them yeah you know it can't be just oh this is my idea give me money yeah you know even if that is going to get investors but that is actually doing the legwork. That is actually, you know, explaining your concept, showing off your concept. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? The, the, the way I look at Kickstarter is it's essentially, uh, you know, like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank or, or any of any of insert billionaires sitting in a room shitting on people's ideas for 35 minutes to an hour, right? TV show here. Um, it's, it's essentially that, right? It's you're coming up with an idea, a product that you think could be marketable and you create a Kickstarter because you want to try and raise money to get it done. But if I'm looking at that and all you've done is, uh, there, there was another one that we looked at um, that they, they wanted like $40 for a 20 page PDF. Oh yeah, I saw. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, I read that, I was like, for, for tw- 20 pages, what, what's that character creation? Oh no, no, 20 pages is their character creation, all of their core rules, all of their items, their bestiary, and there's a mini adventure path in 20 fucking pages <laughs> how big are these fucking pages like like are you buying like a, like a1 pages is that what this is like there's no fucking way um and they wanted 40 dollars for that to produce a pdf that's 20 pages long it's, it's not yeah it's, it's, it's not worth nice. it. they haven't there's not enough work and, and like if you if you were to pledge i think it was like they, they wanted like it was like $200 a chapter they wanted to do the artwork for the chapter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you have the artwork kind of already lined up and priced out and, and done before you come to me to say, hey, look at this pretty artwork that I want you to pay for? No. 
That's not how it works. Yeah, and to kind of equate it to your analogy of Dragon's Den, it's like those people that come up and, oh, this yeah. is my product and this is my source or whatever the fuck they're yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of go, okay, so give uh, me numbers. How many, how many have you me... sold? Oh, I haven't sold any. Or okay. how many do... What is your projection? And, oh, and they no, start no. asking. And, <laughs> oh. and you just see yeah. them start to crumble. That, uh, that uh, is the... How much does it cost you to produce one unit? I don't know. I don't we, know. we haven't produced any yet. <laughs> bathtub and a wooden spoon that's a, and that's, that's that's honestly that's the way I look at Kickstarter right? I look at it as if I'm one of the dragons on Dragon's Den sitting there going right why should I give you my fucking money it's my money no, I, you've got to I earn it <laughs> <laughs> I had to earn it now you got to earn it you work hard for that money <laughs> <laughs> I work let's just you pre- leave it there you- you pretend to work hard for that money. <laughs> that, that's that's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that is yeah. I completely agree. Um, it is if if you want me to invest in a Kickstarter, you have to sell. Yeah, to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't sell to me, then I'm not going to invest. I mean, we like the two stories that we've run this week. We've both gone. Oh yeah, yeah, we're really interested. And that's not because we're going to jump on anything. Before we actually mm-hmm. present a new story, we go through it and kind yeah. of go, "Yeah, we don't give a shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah, care yeah. about that. That's yeah. fucking ridiculous." And because we don't want to kind of drag anyone, yeah, we, that is what we do. That is our brand. We're, we're, we're taking that age-old uh, thing that, like, you know, grandparents used to say: "If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all." Which is why we just. I, I, not quite because if I held that up, I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> okay, I've had a point one made. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say I'm, I'm, I'm selected. Okay. Who, well, when it comes if, to the news stories, we follow that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I rag on Wizards of the Coast from time to time, who gives a fuck? I know they Me? certainly don't. I, I do. <laughs> You'll be fine, don't worry. You'll get over it. I'll survive. <laughs> Okay, when Paizo fuck up royally, you can rag on them as much I as will. you want. I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't think that's why I was checking the news stories this week? <laughs> See if they've done anything. See if there's been more. <laughs> Keeping an eye on, I'm literally sitting outside their head office every day, like, wait, waiting. I'm going through the trash. I'm going through. I'm trying to find something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, so, so John's the been di- smug for too long. <laughs> When I, when I see something like that, I'd be like, oh, oh, I'm feeling ill. I can't podcast this week. <laughs> I've, I've come down with the lurgy. I've got, oh, oh no, where is me? I got leprosy. <laughs> oh. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I do 100% agree with you that it is, it is a proceed with caution case in regards to kickstarter it can't be just something that you follow blindly because i'm not saying it's a massive risk um i am saying that there is a risk present and you know and it's not always done maliciously either no yeah no sometimes not sometimes companies tank sometimes you know the worst yeah the worst thing happens and the company just kind of goes shit you know yeah. we've we've got to stop this um 
it's you know no one can tell what's going to happen and that is always going to be the risk of pre-ordering whether it's via uh, in video games whether it's in tabletop role-playing games yep. you know you have to kind of be prepared to lose that money and whenever I kickstart something, that money is no longer mine. That money is gone. Yeah. Until I actually get something in return, mm-hmm. then, you know, I don't spend more than I can afford. Yeah. It's, it's a bit, the way I look at it as well, is it's a little bit like um, whenever I go to the casino, right? Because the, the way I go to the casino is I will, I, I will take whatever I'm willing to spend on a night out, and then that's my casino money, and I won't take any more. Because if I'm going to spend 50 quid on a night out anyway, right, then there's no difference to me taking 50 quid to the casino and spending it. Because, I mean, there's a chance I walk away with more. Great. But if I lose it, it's fine. Because it's what I would have spent going to a club or a pub. Maybe not a pub, but you get my point. Like, yeah. In, in my head, that's not my money. I'm spending that money for a night of entertainment. If I happen to walk away with more money, fantastic. If not, I'm not upset. Yeah, and I mean that's you know always a wise sort of um, uh, stance to take in in regards to anything that's a gamble, mm-hmm. especially you know especially if it's if it's something as immediate as a casino would be. Yes. So yeah, anything that is a risk, anything that is a financial risk, whether that's gambling, whether that's kickstarting, whether that's investing. Yeah. You know, you you play with money that you are willing to lose. Yes, absolutely. And that's coming from someone who has somewhat experience in casinos. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, but these... I mean, I'm contemplating kickstarting these. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two, like we re- the... the two we reported on today. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie, I- I'm tempted as well. <laughs> and I never kickstart. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, I'm tempted, but I th- honestly, I think I may, I may go back to my. I'm gonna wait until release. I'm gonna wait until reviews are in, mm. and yeah. then, I then think, kind of. I think of the two, the one I'd be more tempted to, to look at would be Outgunned, um, just because I like the concept of having the the action dice and stuff like that. I think that'd be quite cool. Um, the cooking and stuff from uh, Vildefiest, uh, I I think would be really interesting, but it doesn't draw me as much as running around like John Wick or and the thing with a concept like Vilda Feast is as as cool as it is it's not something that can't be replicated yeah so you can you can read that and kind of go this this is a really cool concept I'm going to see about bringing that into my 5e game or yeah. my Pathfinder game or whatever. So, whereas the outgunned one, well, you'd have to do quite heavy lifting. Well, yeah, because it's using non-standard dice. And it's not only that; it, it's it's trying to come at, it's trying to take a different angle. Yeah. To to a game mechanic, it's yeah. you know, it's it's not something that. That can easily be replicated in Pathfinder, for example. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think I like them both. I, do, I am interested, and I will keep up to date with them, and and I'll be interested to see what reviews are once they are released. Yeah. 
but um, I don't think they've swayed me quite enough to kickstart. And plus, if all these kickstarters start <laughs> start coming back, all the ones I've I've shown <laughs> interest in, it's it's already going to be a, an expensive couple of months for me. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, shall we take a no? Shall no? Sorry, sorry. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> Justin. Yes. Should we go to the couch? Let's go to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> is the question actually from him again? It is. <laughs> just, just as a reminder to everyone out there, you can actually send in questions. We, yeah. you know, doesn't, you know. Stop relying on couch, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, couch doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. Although the segment will forever be named after him, but yes, if yeah, you yeah. want a segment named after you. Start writing in. There yeah. you go. Write more questions um, than he does. Exactly. <laughs> so, today in Couch's Corner, I actually like that better. Yeah. I like Couch's bet Corner better. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, let me actually find it. Okay, right. So, Couch this week says, going the other way from my last question... Mm-hmm. When a popular franchise, e.g. Star Trek, Doctor Who, Avatar, Dragon Age, etc., etc., gets turned into a tabletop role-playing game, do you think the feel, mechanics, and atmosphere of the series I slash IP ever translate truly to the tabletop? Um, I think... Can I just... Uh... Sorry, before you... Sorry to interrupt, but before you continue... Go for it. This does seem very planned... <laughs> this uh, considering what the, the what the our subject stories. matter has been and this yeah. that and the other, but I will categorically say that the only person that knew about this question was myself. Justin yeah. had no idea, and oh, Justin's wow. the one who brought out the news stories, yeah. and I just rub my hands in glee, going, <laughs> "Perfect." <laughs> um, right. So I've actually had a little bit of experience with one of the games that he mentions in the question. I've played the Dragon Age uh, tabletop role-playing game and I've played it with someone who is a very big fan of the video game franchise um, which would be my ex um, mother of my child, etc, etc right? Huge fan of the Dragon Age franchise um, mm-hmm. and when they were playing the Dragon Age tabletop they absolutely loved it they genuinely felt like it was a good extension of of the world of the of the experience and everything like that um the mechanics obviously slightly different um because when you're playing a video game like that you're not rolling 3d6 and etc etc um because the dragon age so the dragon age um tabletop role-playing game is based on the uh, fantasy age system that i've mentioned a few times yeah which is the 3d6 um system really really good system really really flexible um, for, and obviously as it was used for the Dragon Age system um, but I, I, I think that that one was done really really well the, the guys that um, you know ported it across really really made everything feel the same like it was the same world um, and just a different way of experiencing that world um, and coming out of playing the tabletop role play game I actually wanted to go and play the, the, the video game so hmm. I think I think it is possible um, I do also think, however, that being said, that if it's done wrong, it can be a horrendous experience. Um, yeah. 
So I think it depends entirely on on how it's done. Um, but the Dragon Age one in particular was very, very well done. To be honest, I'm in two minds. Mm. Um, I mean, out of the ones that have been mentioned in the question, um, I don't have any gameplay experience with any of them, but I do know a bit about Avatar. Yes. Um, Avatar was one that when they kind of kickstarted it they kind of released a primer of the rules yeah uh it's based on uh powered by the apocalypse which um is kind of the 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 mechanics that that are used by a ton of different games monster of the week for example is mm-hmm. the one you're probably more familiar yes. with yes yeah and I, I read it and yeah I mean I did I did kind of like what they did especially the the bending capabilities wasn't a mechanic it was yeah. just something your character could do okay so it wasn't it wasn't something where oh you've got a roll or you've got spell slots or anything like that tied to it it's, it's a case of you are a bender you can do this and this is part of your character and it is it was actually quite a, a fun concept. Now, this I, I kind of have to put out a disclaimer here that my my sort of feelings on this are strictly my own. I am not trying to to kind of convince anyone of my point of view, or am I even trying to comment on the quality mm. of these products that are coming out? But my main issue with not only tabletop role-playing games, but also video games and stuff like that, that are based on IPs. If an IP is turned into, in this case, a tabletop role-playing game, it's because it has a following. Yes. It's because it has a dedicated, large enough following... And there's a lot of crossover between tabletop role-playing games and this following for them to kind of go, this is a good market. This is, you know, a marketable idea. We can bring this out. Okay, which I think is great. I think it's fantastic. If you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, by all means, play Lord of the Rings. If you're a fan of Doctor Who, Star Trek, Star Wars, Aliens, Dune, Blade Runner, all these IPs that are out and they've got fantastic tabletop role-playing games attached to them, then yeah, 100% enjoy that. But my issue is, these IPs have become big for a reason. They've become big because they have already produced great quality content. Yeah. So what I feel, if I were to ever play one of these tabletop role-playing games, and let's just pick an IP that I, I do enjoy, um... Let's say Dragon Ball, for example. Yeah. All right. So they come out. Let's say somebody comes along. Modiphius, they they Modiphius, they come out and they bring out a Dragon Ball RPG. I think there is one in existence, but it's probably been forgotten by now. But <laughs> so they come out. They do this huge launch of this Dragon Ball tabletop role playing game. I still wouldn't invest. Mm. And that's because the in my mind the best stories and the best things to happen have already been done. Okay. 
So, yeah, that you know, they, the, the reason that these things are as successful as they are is because they've had fantastic sort of writers. They've had, fan, you know, they've had yeah. a lot of success on their own. So I would feel like it would be just me trying to imitate what's already been done before. But like I said, they say that's my personal feelings and yeah. I don't expect anyone to kind of share that. Oh, I, I, I get what you're saying because it, it kind of... It's it's something that I've I've kind of struggled with a lot in in my sort of even my writing uh, when I'm you know when I'm trying to write a campaign or or a concept or anything like that is I find it very difficult to write something that isn't something I've played before or something I've uh, watched before in you know in a in a film or something like that because that's kind of the way my brain's conditioned to think right if I'm thinking sea adventure my brain instantly goes to the skulls and shackles campaign that we played hmm. uh you know because that was that was a really good sea adventure that i experienced so my brain goes well that was good i could that that element was good let me let me use that and then i end up looking at the page three hours later and i've just written the first chapter of skulls and shackles but in my words um, <laughs> so I, I get where you come from because you you kind of start trying to to imitate the parts of it you really enjoyed from from the source material, um, to to a to a degree. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. All I mean, even myself, um, when I'm I'm writing my campaigns, I I always have inspiration. Yeah, like one of my. It's, it's almost like you're a bard. Ah, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> A bard with no discernible artistic talent whatsoever. I mean, isn't that all bards? They just tell stories. <laughs> That's true. This but... one time at band camp? That's a bard. <laughs> <laughs> this one time at bard camp? <laughs> bard camp. Dude, <gasps> that would be a fun campaign saying. Bard camp. I'm already making notes <laughs> in Obsidian. Oh, I'd play the shit out of that. <laughs> So I, I, yeah, I do kind of borrow from here and there, um, but that that inspiration for me isn't something as um, as concrete as I watched this TV episode and I want to replicate that. For me, it's I'll take a little something that 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 sticks in my mind and I'll expand upon it. Yeah. So, for example, there was one arc we did in my homebrew campaign where there was a person who was being tried for murder. And he was completely innocent, and but he wasn't saying. Hmm. He was resolute in just an, in accepting his fate. And the reason he was doing that is because of his alibi. Um, because the night of the supposed murder, he was with the wife of his best friend. Ah. And that is directly lifted from Over the Hills and Far Away, which is a song by Gary Moore and Nightwish. He was being a nutty boy. So, yeah, it was just a song that I liked and kind of went, oh, that's a cool story. I want to expand upon that. Um, Another one... 
I'm just trying to think of different... But anyway, we, we won't bother going into that, because yeah, if yeah. not, I'll be here all day. But <laughs> So I do take inspiration. I'm not saying that that is, is you know, wrong, because I do it all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, it happens everywhere in writing. Yeah. But I think, like, for example, to go back to the example I'm using, say they brought out a Dragon Ball RPG. 100% I'm building Vegeta. Well, yeah, obviously you know what you know and i'm and i'm doing that and it's going to be a carbon copy i with definitely the... haven't built him in 5e by the way yeah I've, yeah i've built a few of them don't worry yeah, you're not the only, you're um... not the only one <laughs> but but that is kind of my mentality towards it so yeah you know um if if i were to play the aliens rpg my mind would immediately kind of go all right let's build ripley or yeah. you know and any of these sort of IP, so that's kind of why I stay away from them. Yeah, just because I don't want to rehash what's already been done. Well, that that begs the question then. So we we just put the uh, the Lord of the Rings games to the top of our to be played list, right? So who are you going to play? <laughs> For me, Lord <laughs> of the Rings is not. I mean, don't get me wrong, read the books, loved mm -hmm. them, they were great, mm -hmm. but it's not something that I hold as dear as some other people. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't see it as, you know, I'm not as as sort of hell-bent on being a Lord of the Rings fan, and, you know, you, I read the book, I, you know, I'm currently reading The Hobbit to my son, um, mm -hmm. but once that book's over... You could probably ask me a million questions and I'd answer maybe about 50% oh, of them. Know. <laughs> you know, and in of itself, it's such an expansive world. Yes. So, yeah, I don't think I'd have that much of an issue with that. Okay. But if it was something like, um, let's say, let's say the Blade Runner yeah. RPG or even the Aliens RPG that I kind of I, I'm a bit more of a fan of I'm a bit more um, so, more tied into that so I'd, I'd struggle a lot more with it so so I guess your your issue with them really comes with franchises that you have a connection with um, because your mind defaults to the the stuff that you are familiar with and you are a fan of yes yeah. yeah definitely which is the the sort of the the main sort of niche market that these companies are catering to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I kind of struggle with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Alien RPG seems like a ton of fun. <laughs> it it really does. But I don't know. I just don't know if I'd be able to to get the same sort of enjoyment out of it as as someone Myself, else, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think that that might be where I'm. I'm actually very lucky because the only sort of franchises in air quotes that I'm a really big fan of is the Counter Strike video games, and there's no way to turn that into a tabletop role playing game, right? Because mm. it's a round based tactical first person shooter. Yeah. Um, it can't. It physically cannot be done. So, I'm I'm never gonna have except for maybe Dragon Ball. Actually, now that you mentioned it, I probably would have that issue with Dragon. Ball. Um, because Vegeta is my boy. He's definitely not the background on 
all of my computers, my wife <laughs> included. Yeah, um, you've got. Yeah, your obsession with Vegeta trumps mine. Yeah, well, he's the background. Yeah. He's the background on my phone as well. Um, <laughs> he's my boy. Vegeta's my boy. All right, I said it. It's out there. Vegeta's my boy. Um, but, I, but case in point, when Couch was running Monster of the Week, we. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. I, I think you to, went. I you went Dean. Dean. Yeah, I played Dean. And I went Crowley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. But then again, right? Is is that because that that's the thing? If you look at the the way that they've built those the the characters in Monster of the Week, right? They've built them to be those characters on TV shows. Yeah, that is true. That so, is a fair you, point. You know, like if you look at the description for the 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 character class that I was playing to be Dean, it's literally Dean described without a name, <laughs> right? It is. It just is. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's no, no two ways about it. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. They, they, that was a lot of sort of nudging in the yeah, right direction. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think it also comes down to how, how it's maybe written. Because, like like with that, right, where they, they've tried to leave it like, this isn't Dean, but it's definitely Dean. So anybody who knows the franchise is going to read that and go, <laughs> that's Dean. Anybody who yeah. doesn't know the franchise, you're like, oh, that's a cool character. I'll play that and give it their own spin, right? Yeah. Um, so I think yeah I think there is definitely an element of that but that comes down then to the ring because if you look at something like the Dragon Age um, one to go back to that um, I I had never played Dragon Age the video game or the, the tabletop role playing game before playing it for the first time um, so I was able to build freely not knowing any of the the lore about you know the, the, this, the people from this region or the people from that region or anything like that but the people that i was playing with uh were all very very big dragon age like fans right they they, they know the series inside out back of the hand um, like my ex i'm fairly certain they would be able to play through dragon age inquisition blindfolded with one hand um and hopping on one foot right yeah and they know the series um and they they absolutely loved it because they were able to interact in a way that they aren't able to do in the video games which was really cool for them and there was no steering the the campaign towards video the video game like world if that makes sense because they they set it uh, i think it's set either before or after the video game i can't mm-hmm. remember which so it's still in that in that world so all of the the lore and the the character tropes and stuff that they have for people in those regions exist yeah. but the timeline is different right so you don't have any of the characters specifically um, so it could be after the fact or, or I think I think in Dragon Age I think it was after um, Inquisition or I can't remember for the life of me now um, but essentially it takes place in a different timeline mm-hmm. so you don't, you then don't have that worry and there's no writing that, that steers it towards that like there was with Monster, Monster of the Week um, so I think I think maybe it comes down to writing as well yeah, I mean, you're probably right, and it's probably my own personal hang-ups um, are kind of against it. So, But I do, to kind of like more directly answer Couch's um, question, I, I do think that it is possible. Absolutely, it's possible, yeah. You know, because um, I've actually listened to actual plays of, of mm. Aliens, and it is a very claustrophobic sort of paranoia-led sort of feel to it. 
yeah. where you've got this sort of unseen threat that when that threat becomes seen shit goes insane yeah so yeah i do i do think it is it is possible yeah i think it's definitely possible uh, it just has to be handled correctly um, yeah definitely I, th- I think that that's what the key comes down to is whether they try and recreate the video game flawlessly which i think then won't work um or the the film flawlessly which i think won't work or if they try and just capture the essence of it if they just try and capture the essence and put it in the same world i think that works better yeah uh, there is definitely a possibility and i I will probably try and play more of these systems because (laughs) i feel like i am actually missing out yeah um with my weird aversion because you know like free league and modifius they put out some phenomenal games yeah that just happened to be tied into to (laughs) so yeah i will if anyone's running anything in our area along those lines i mean give me a shout and i will uh there is a a, a mutual friend that we have that runs a very very good uh dragon age game so i will uh i'll say i won't say his name here for for obvious reasons but i'll Mm. I'll let you know uh, once we're done here and you'll be able to get in touch with him i'm sure he'll be more than happy to run again (laughs) yeah i'll 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 give it a whirl just volunteering his dming services (laughs) oh yeah just you know we'll Uh, i'm I'm sure i'm sure he'll do it it's fine (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure we can get some dirt on him i'm sure we have plenty already he was he was in several of our campaigns just you know just completely blackmail him (laughs) well i well thank you very much couch yes once again for a for a fantastic question that actually Mm -hmm. does get us thinking and i I know for a fact that he puts thought and effort into these questions he sits at work actually trying to come up with a good question for us no no at work he he works uh yeah let's not put him let's not get him into trouble with his bosses he is the boss what do you mean fair play (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah it is uh it is greatly appreciated you continue to give us some great topics to talk uh, talk about and that is why we have named the section after you and we are still resolute on getting you on the show yes so we will definitely be i have discussed it with him oh well for doing it all right let's get let's get contracts signed yep and let's get him on here we'll get our people to talk to his people our people will talk to his people yeah namely our kids will talk to his kids yes yeah <laughs> and, and basically and I'll, 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 I'll uh i'll barter a deal with his wife uh-huh. and make sure that we secure permission uh- <laughs> oh i'm 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 sure she won't she won't have any objection <laughs> get him out of the house for a little bit get him out of the house for a bit <laughs> go go play with your friends go on go fuck off <laughs> Well, I think that's about it from us tonight. Yeah. Um, I want to once again thank you to Couch for for sending in such a, a great question. Yep. Thank you to everyone that takes time out of their day to listen to to us. And if you like what you hear, please review, please rate. That is how we're going to get more exposure. That is how we are going to grow. And you know we've we kind of like the growth that we've had and we kind of want to see more of it and we want to be able to to talk to a lot more of you yes that would be lovely 
Don't so, know all of you listening now are lovely people too, but it'd be nice to add some more lovely people to the group. So it is wonderful to to kind of be here and you know it's enter it keeps me busy for an hour it keeps me entertained and it's great to to chat to you at least once a week justin and you know thank you for for joining me in this endeavor so yeah so join us next week where we'll be talking more shit about things we don't really know very much on yep and thank you all good night bye